The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. Good morning. Topics in Schedule A of today's show. We'll look back at the changes over the past few years in the mortgage financing industry. We'll also review the newest mortgage financing rules that are recently have been announced. And as always, I'll give you a snapshot of the Northumberland real estate market statistics, today's mortgage rates, and so much more. This is Reality Realty Northumberland 89.7 FM's Real Estate Talk Show. I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm a real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And at this time each week, we bring you Reality Realty, your local real estate forum, where we take on, we talk about, and we interview guests on all things real estate with a direct focus on Northumberland County and the communities within it. We have had some substantial rule changes announced for the mortgage financing industry, and People have been asking me about these uh, new mortgage rules. Other realtors have been talking about these rules, and there's been a lot of buzz on the Internet and especially social media. So I've brought back my favorite mortgage professional to help explain what is going on. Joining me today as co-host is the mortgage broker representing the Broker Financial Group here in Northumberland County, and she is also a regular co-host of the show, Carol Ann Bryant. Carol Ann, welcome. You were here last week, and you're right back here back again. Back again, yes. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I thought I'd give you a little bit of time off, but then after the announcement this week? Well, yeah, some pretty, pretty major changes have happened. So Exactly. Well, we, we will get into that in, in just a short while. First things first, let's take a look at Snapshot. And Snapshot is a look at today's residential real estate market right here in Northumberland County. And knowing the market stats, it's worth money to you when it comes to negotiating a real estate transaction. There have been 152 single-family residential sales over the past month. And that's an increase of just one sale over last week's report. And that leaves us with an inventory of 320 residential listings for sale. The average selling price of successful sales over the past 12 months has increased once again to approximately $337,000 here in Northumberland County. And that's a $2,000 jump over last week's report. On average, people are receiving 98% of their asking price in a market time of 52 days. We're in a seller's market with an absorption rate staying steady for the second week in a row at 48%, and that's based on the past month's trend. You can always see the final snapshot statistics at the end of every month on my social media. Just look me up, Dale Bryant, on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+, and I post the snapshot results for the end of each month on an easy-to-read graph. So you can find find those there. 
I research these Northumberland County statistics and I calculate the absorption rate using information from List Central. Now, List Central is something you won't be able to get personally because it is uh, the local realtor component of the MLS system. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, you'll want this information, not this general information, but this information which is more specific to the community you're in, the, the local area you're dealing with, the type of home you're looking at buying or selling, and the price band it's in. So talk to your local realtor, and they will help you understand the Northumberland market information that's most relevant to you at that time. No one understands the Northumberland real estate market as well as a Northumberland realtor who's actually a member <coughs> Pardon me, who's actually a member of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors. Carol Ann. Yes. Mortgage rates. What do you have for us? They've remained unchanged from last week. So we're still a five-year fix uh, as low as 2.29%. That's correct. And we're still a five-year variable as low as 2% even. That's correct. So beautiful mortgage rates. We've had great for now. For, for now. For now. They're staying. Yeah. Ooh, that's scary when you say that. <coughs> All right. And those mortgage rates, they always come to us from mortgage broker Caroline Bryant with the Broker Financial Group. Caroline, I just want to thank you. Uh, even when you're not on the show, you're always providing me with the rates. You're welcome. And it's just a great thing to know what what kind of rates are out there. What what should people expect that they, uh, you know, that they potentially can get for when they're financing their home? And folks, that's your current snapshot of the residential real estate market right here in Northumberland County. Now, in August, we had a, a golf tournament. Uh, the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, they put on a great golf tournament. And it was just officially announced last week that they were able to raise $3,720 for the Greenwood Coalition. It's uh, That's great. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's an annual golf tournament. The the realtors and anyone else who, who is interested in, in playing, uh, they can go out there. They can have a great time. Uh, big dinner. They put on a, a, an <coughs> excellent dinner uh, last this past year, which they always do. It was at the Port Hope Golf Club. And while we're all having fun and and getting out and enjoying some fresh air and a, a great meal at the same time we're raising money for a local charity mm -hmm. and it just makes it all the better folks this is just a reminder that the views and opinions expressed by me by co-hosts guests of the show or any of the articles presented do not represent the views and opinions of the station of the northumberland hills association of realtors of any real estate brokerage or of any other realtor. They're simply our views and opinions at this time. So, Carol Ann? Yes. You're likely being bombarded with questions about the the new rules. We, mm, we were kind of blindsided by this. This was not something we even had an inkling was going to happen. So there wasn't a lot of buzz in the industry, uh, no. pro which which typically can happen. Um, like, yes, like there typically is a lot of Sometimes buzz. Sometimes we hear in the industry, we hear there's you know the finance minister is thinking thinking about tightening up the mortgage rules, and then there's some speculation, and maybe right. we get a hint. This was kind of uh, 
just here it is. This is what's happening. Okay. So, so I mean, this isn't the first time in the past, you know, handful of years that we've had, we've had rule changes in the mortgage industry that the mortgage industry seems to be very susceptible to rule changes, just trying to keep things with checks and balances. Yeah, so this is the sixth change since the 2008 financial crisis. Can we can we have a do you do you have a bit I, of a I review do, of that? I do. So in July 2008, um, they changed the rules about the amortization. So we had for a brief period of time, a uh, 40 year amortization was available. Which which is good in 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 the in the case that people can s- amortize over a longer period of time keep their keep their uh, mortgage payments their monthly mortgage payments a little lower yes um and so that got changed from 40 to 35 years um on high ratio insured mortgages so meaning if you had less than 20% down you have a high ratio insured mortgage and that, so you can no longer get a 40-year amortization. The maximum was 35. I feel, and I, I would think many in the industry feel, would have felt at that time, that was a good change. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, it stretched out people's payments over a longer period of time. And, and But what happened then is you're basically paying no principal off. At the end of your five-year term, you, you really haven't gotten very far and so at the time as well, 100% financing was available. So people were not getting any equity in their homes. They weren't, you know, it, I feel that that was a good change. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the, the further danger to that is you take a, a term out, a five-year term mm-hmm. on your, uh, say, on your mortgage, and you have a 40-year amortization. And at the end of five years, you renew with another 40-year you're really getting nowhere. Amortization. You're really getting nowhere because, paying your mortgage off. Yeah, yeah because was, five years later, maybe you're saying, oh, you know, things are still tight. We want to keep payments down. And so now for 10 years, you're basically getting no equity in your home. The only way potentially is when, if the market went up, if the value mm-hmm. of your house went up. And at, at that time, it wasn't, go- I, I don't know if you remember, but it wasn't mm-hmm. significantly it's rising. Not, it was not pretty. Like today. No, yeah. no. So that was a good change, I feel. Then, two years later, February 2010, uh, the federal government uh, was concerned that Canadians were borrowing too much against the rising value in your home, in their homes. And so at that time, you were, prior to this change, you could refinance your home up to 95% of the value of the appraised value of your home. And they changed that. They lowered it to 90%. And also at the same time, they made a change. If you were buying an investment property, you had to have 20% down. So so you could have refinanced prior to what what year are you saying that is? Prior you? to 2010. Okay. Prior to February 2010, you could refinance up to 95%. Okay. And so then they changed it to 90. 90. So once again, it's just keeping people from getting too far... In debt. Yeah, the finance minister at the time, I think he's, he uh, had a phrase that he didn't want people using their home equity as an ATM machine. Right. And that was happening, wasn't yeah. it? 
I mean, mm-hmm. people were refinancing to pay off consumer debt, high high interest credit cards, and um, maybe they weren't going right up to ninety five percent, but they were. And then I'd see them maybe again a couple years later because they'd run up their credit cards mm-hmm. again and they wanted to refinance again. Well, and what's what's your opinion on that? I I mean, I I, I have to think that if you've gotten yourself in a bit of trouble and mm-hmm. you're paying some really high rates on on things like credit cards right. and loans and it's it's just gotten away from you for whatever reason and to consolidate it into one place and have less interest on that borrowed money i mean i can see how that's actually a, a positive move provided you don't do what you just said. Well, exactly. And, that, and, and then rack up yeah. uh, that revolving credit yes. that, that still exists, that's at your fingertips. There were some uh, deals that I did, refinance deals, where the lender actually required those debts that were being paid off, whether it was a line of credit or a credit card, that they be paid and closed. Now, a person could go back out afterwards and reapply for those, and maybe they would get it and maybe they wouldn't. That that was kind of a good solution. But to pay them off and leave them open again was, you know, tempting for people to use them again. So there was a little bit of self-control that was required by people if they were using their home equity to pay off. My opinion, since you asked me, asked me yes. and it's not just my opinion, there's several people in the industry that feel that the government should be Uh, putting restrictions on the credit card companies. It is ridiculous that people are allowed to have these high limit credit cards at 28 or 29% interest and they can just run them right up and then they're just paying the minimum payment every month and they're never getting anywhere on those credit cards. They're they should start looking, the government should start looking at that, as well as, you know, young students going off to college and university that are, that are given credit cards, so easily given credit cards. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's never, there's not restrictions on on that. Um, maybe within the the financial institution, they have some restrictions on on uh, who they'll lend out to. But it's very, very easy to get credit and credit cards, and it's very, very easy to get a very expensive car or truck. You mm-hmm. don't have to go through the same qualification purposes as you do for a mortgage, and you can be driving around in a fifty thousand dollar truck. And have this enormous monthly payment. And it was a very easy process to do. Credit check. Oh, yeah, you're approved. Off you go. Yeah. And and really and truly, whenever the government's a little bit afraid about uh, the general public being in over their heads. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're reading off here. You're 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 reading off some of the rule changes since 2008. Always tightening up the mortgage. The mortgage and the housing financing industry. Financing industry. Yeah. yeah. And I mean... As opposed to the credit card or or any other type of uh, loan sort of industry, where in the mortgage industry, the housing, real estate industry is actually where you can put your money and have a solid investment. It's what's called a good debt. Yeah. In the end, it's a good debt. Yeah. Right? So because you end up with an asset. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, and you can't let things go wild like they did in the States prior to the uh, big meltdown. Well, and we've done a good job. Uh, I mean, the government has done a good job of, of, you know, they they also got rid of 100% financing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I feel as a professional, that was a good good thing as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So then the next change came... Excuse me, uh, not not even quite a year later, January 2011, 
And the conservative government under Stephen Harper tightened the rules further and they dropped the maximum amortization period for high ratio insured mortgages. So again, high ratio meaning you have less than 20% down. They dropped it uh, to 30 years. So we went from 35 years to 30 years mm-hmm. would be the maximum um, amortization. They also further lowered the maximum percentage for refinancing. So they dropped it to 85%. So we went from 95% to 90. Now we're down to 85% in 2011. So a a good thing. They must have seen what they did was good and uh, said, you know what, there's still a little room for tightening up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Then um, not even a year later, we're June 2012 now. This is the third round of tightening Uh, brings the maximum amortization down to 25 years for insured mortgages. So let's talk about the effect that has going from a 40-year amortization to a 25. So we talked about that it, it having the longer amortization is a lower payment. What that also means is you can qualify for a more expensive house with a longer amortization too. You can borrow more money. So now they've said no. 25 years. So that really had an impact on a lot of people who now they couldn't qualify with 5 per, They had 5% for a down payment. That's all they had. And they really needed that extra five-year amortization to buy that house. Well, the, the one they had their eye on, they still could yes. buy a home. Yes, they had to re- readjust value. their, <laughs> their uh, expectations. And um, what else happened... Um, then they also changed again the refinance rules. So now, and this remains to this day, 80% of your appraised value is what you can refinance up to. So we went from 95 all the way down to 80. So at this time, if you want to refinance your home, maybe you want to do what we were talking about, consolidate some debt. Yeah, do home renovations. Do home renovations. There's, there's something. Buy a second home. Yeah. If for some reason you want to take some of the equity, equity. Mm-hmm. out of your home, uh, you need to have at least 20% That's skin, correct. skin in the game correct. on your home. Correct, Mr. Bryant. So four different, four different major changes to the well, mortgage Well, that was three industry. at the time. Now oh. the fourth one is... I'm having a tough time counting <laughs> here. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> so now we jump to 2015, December 2015. So the, the government left us alone for a few years. They decided, you know, that was good. They were happy with what they were doing. Then we have the recently elected Liberal government. They decide they want to tighten the lending rules. Mm-hmm. And so now... They want to tighten it on homes that are over 500000 So prior to that, people could purchase a home with a minimum, if they qualified, 5% down. Now they said, okay, homes over 500000 up to the first 500000 you can have 5% as a down payment. Anything over the five hundred, you have to come up with 10% for a down payment. So if, if it's $550,000 home... The first five hundred thousand uh, is based on a five percent down payment, yep. and the the 50 last fifty thousand is a ten percent. Combine so the two to get your total down payment. So that was that was kind of I think aimed at the fact that the Toronto market was really exploding and property values, and and the I'm not sure if it was 
more uh, more Toronto and Vancouver, both or one or the other, but they were the government was concerned about uh, inflated values of houses. Mm-hmm. And and I heard it said back then in 2015 when this came down that if you can afford over a half million dollar home, then you shouldn't really be balking much at this additional five percent on the on the. Uh, as a premium on the amount above 500000 Now, that would hold true in our community, say, because above $500,000, you are getting a pretty nice, you know, a yeah. sweet little home. Mm-hmm. But but what are you really getting if you're living in, in the Toronto. heart of Toronto? <laughs> Vancouver. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, you're not getting near the home you're getting no. in this community. Well, Caroline, we, we're just going to go for a break and... When we come back from the break, we're going to get a a bit into the new rules that were just announced recently. Yes. Absolutely. So, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join Carol Ann and me after this break, and we'll be looking at recently announced changes in the mortgage financing industry. Welcome back. This is Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my co-host today is Carol Ann Bryant. Carol Ann is Northumberland County's mortgage broker with the Broker Financial Group. So, Carol Ann, before the break, we were talking about the mortgage mortgage financing industry. And over the past number of years, there's been already, already four major... Five. Including this one. No. Five. This one is six. Okay. Number six. Five. (laughs) Five (laughs) major uh, changes to the mortgage industry, changes in rules. Right. And uh, starting in 2008. So since 2008, Mm -hmm. up until now, five. Mm -hmm. This will be number six. We talked about a little bit about the progression of how things have changed over the years. And... So now we've we've just had an announcement that there are new changes coming up. Uh, well, first of all, when when did they announce it, Carol Ann, and and when is it proposed that these changes are coming into play? So we heard on on Monday, mm-hmm. and um, so some will take place October seventeenth, some November seventeenth. Um, but the reality is when we've had these rule changes in the the, past. Yeah. The lenders already start to implement the changes ahead of the game. So we really haven't seen, excuse me. We really haven't seen um, much communication from, or I haven't anyways, lenders that we, we deal with. Uh, There's been a couple of communication, but I think everybody was taken by surprise. And so I think, Everybody's trying to scramble and figure out how's this going to look? What are we going to do? So um, even though I'm going to tell you some of these things, there's still some uncertain or things that need clarification or not where we're not really sure how it's going to play out yet. Which which has been typical for every major mortgage uh, financing change, hasn't it? You, you hear about the change and then there's all these questions about the details of yeah. how how it will really yeah. affect the consumer. And some lenders react right away and others, mm-hmm. you know, will re- respond a little bit slower um, to to what they're going to actually, how they're going to uh, implement it. So, um, 
Are you ready to know what the changes are? <laughs> I'm, I'm buckled up for safety. Uh, why don't you start with the first change? So, so the Liberal government has announced these changes, and it, they're aimed again at uh, making sure that Canadians aren't taking on bigger mortgages than they can afford in mm-hmm. an era where we have had historically low interest rates. So they're, you know, a combo of thing they're, things they're trying to do here. And again, it's some of it is largely based on the Vancouver and Toronto market. So they're trying to slow those hot markets down, mm-hmm. which unfortunately has a trickle down effect to our smaller communities. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. So, um, number one, mm-hmm. we'll talk about, um, is the way people are qualified for, High ratio insured mortgages. High ratio insured, once so again, is less than 20% for if down If you payment. have less than 20%, and so you can have as little as 5%. 5%. So you have the bank's posted rate, and then we have in the industry um, the contract rate. So what you actually pay for your mortgage is the contract rate. Unless you haven't shopped around. You may be paying the posted rate mm-hmm. if you just go in and, and take whatever the bank is offering you. Right now, the posted rate for the five-year fixed is 4.64%. Mm-hmm. And the contract rate we announced uh, can be as low as 2.29%. Yeah, so 4.64% versus 2.29%. Yeah. Huge difference. Huge difference. In, so, in rates. So when... Someone would come to me and and give me their income, and I would put input that into the system. Look at their debts, put their put their monthly payments for those debts into my system, and then um, you know this is the house we want to buy. This is the amount of down payment we're going to have. These are the property taxes. We do a component for heating, mm-hmm. and now we say okay at two point two nine percent. We were talking about the new rules. You mentioned mm-hmm. the first rule being people with five percent or uh, any less than twenty percent down for down payment mm-hmm. will now have to qualify for the for their mortgage at the posted at the posted rate, whatever the five year posted rate is at the time they go to qualify. Mm-hmm. Which so, which is a far cry from the actual contract rate. Y- y- yes. So so what's going to happen to the average person that's that's yeah. going that's trying to get a five year fixed mortgage? What are you going to see happen? In so I'll give you an reality? example. Okay. So somebody comes to see me. They have an income of eighty thousand dollars, and. The uh, the interest rate is 2.49%. And they will be approved for a purchase of $375,000. Now, that same person with the same income, if I have to qualify them at 4.64, they will only be approved for $300,000 purchase. They've lost $75,000 in buying power. So, I mean, if they still want that $375,000 home, they need to come up with another $75,000 deposit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or down payment, rather. Yeah. 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 Big, a big difference. And, <laughs> yeah. a, and, and a big difference in what kind of home you're looking at mm-hmm. as well. And then the other part of that qualification prior to this rule, um, somebody who has more than 20% for a down payment they they could qualify for um, 
at the contract rate as well, the two mm-hmm. this two point two nine or whatever the contract rate is. Now, if a person has more than twenty percent for a down payment, which is called a conventional mortgage now, a conventional mm-hmm. mortgage, and if they go to an institution that has to insure their conventional mortgages, so there's some institutions that have to bulk insure those uh, lower value mortgages, they will also have to qualify at the contract rate. Mm-hmm. Also, on conventional mortgages, where we used to be able to have the amortization at 30%, mm-hmm. thir- sorry, 30 years, 30%, 30 years, <coughs> pardon me, 25 years is the max now on, yeah. on, on insured, low ratio insured. Yeah, those are some substantial changes, and and oddly enough, the the change that you made, uh, that you you the example that you gave us was if somebody was able to get two point four nine percent, as opposed to the uh, posted rate, and and in actual fact, the the rate that's available right now, you can get as low as two point two nine. So so that seventy five thousand dollar difference is even larger than right. that. Right, two point. <coughs> pardon me, two point four nine is the sort of average rate mm-hmm. right now. But if you have a quick close, yeah. Well, well catch your breath there, <laughs> Carolyn. <coughs> pardon me. Yeah. it's allergy season it's for me. Allergy. I apologize. Yeah. So well, it we, affects my voice, and there's nothing I can do about well, it. So I, I'm I, sorry. I appreciate you coming on. I know. Yeah, was I a, know when I asked you to come on I, because <laughs> of, because this news was right hot off the press. I know you said, nah, Dale, it's allergy season. I'm not going to be talking well, but it's important stuff to be heard. So this is basically a, like a stress test that the government wants the lenders to put yeah. um, buyers under. So so it it's a stress test. It's saying, okay, we have historically low interest rates right now, but what if they go up? Mm-hmm. Now, prior to this rule... If you wanted a term less than five years or you wanted a variable rate mortgage, we had to qualify you at the at the posted rate. So there were some instances where we had to qualify you. So some people would come to me and say, you know, I have 5% down and uh, I would like to have a variable rate mortgage. And I couldn't qualify them on, on, the, on the posted. So I'd say to him, you're going to have to take a five-year fix because I can now use the contract rate and now you can buy that house. Or if you had wanted a two-year term or a three-year term, you <laughs> would have, have to, to use the posted but, rate. But now everyone uses the posted rate. Um, well, unless you have a conventional mortgage that is doesn't need to be insured, okay. we're back to so doing you the have, contract. So you have at but, least 20% yeah. down. But that is going to be interesting to see because we've talked I've talked about before how we have like uh, non deposit taking institutions that only do mortgages. Mm-hmm. They always bulk insure their their uh, conventional mortgages. always. So we're we're kind of in the industry we're kind of thinking what is this going to do to those and, and those non deposit taking institutions tend to be where I get the best interest rates mm-hmm. for people. So so the fallout from this yeah, we'll have to remains see to be seen. How things unfold. What about the second? Uh, there's another new rule in effect now, isn't there? Um, yes. So um, let me see where we're at here. So so now we're yeah. So now we're looking at 
um, a situation, again, where we're looking at properties that are high-end properties, so Mm -hmm. million-dollar properties. The criteria for that now will be if you're buying a house, a purchase price that is um, over a million dollars, 25 years will be the uh, minimum uh, amortization it has to be an owner-occupied property and minimum Beacon score 600. So um, if it's a, it has to be an owner-occupied property. It can't be a rental property. So this is kind of, they're doing this to lower the government's exposure to residential properties that are worth a million dollars or more. Um, because with the insurance that I'm talking about, what happens is it's default insurance. So the government is backing the loans Mm -hmm. and saying to the financial institution, if the person you've lent this money out to is defaulting, we are backing, we are guaranteeing your loan. So it's insurance for the lender. Okay. So it's it's also affecting people purchasing those high-end homes. Well, Carolyn, we got a couple more rule changes to look at. Uh, it's break time right now. So, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate chalk. Join us after this break, and we'll continue to talk real estate and the new real estate financing rules that were announced earlier this week. Welcome back. This is your real estate forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my co-host today is Carol Ann Bryant. And Carol Ann is a mortgage broker with the Broker Financial Group. Carol Ann. Yeah, I, I'd like to clarify something on the question that we were just talking about before the before the break. So um, the the change, specifically what the change was, is that the government will impose new restrictions when it's providing insurance for low ratio mortgages. So low ratio meaning on is this on the million dollar? <clears throat> yeah, homes? so I'll just clarify this. So mm-hmm. so they will only provide insurance for um, purchase prices that are less than $1 million, and it has to be an owner-occupied home, and the maximum amortization is 25 years, and you have to have a minimum 600 credit score. Um, now, that's that's the government. Uh, sometimes lenders' minimum credit score is 620 or 650. So, mm-hmm. But I just wanted to clarify that that, is, that rule is when when they will provide insurance. So again, if you're, it's a financial institution that requires having insurance on um, properties that are over a million dollars, we'll have to see what's going to happen there. Okay. And that and that is directly related to to the uh, Vancouver and Toronto market. They're trying to um, reduce investor. their exposure. No, 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 they're just trying to reduce their their, their exposure to to uh, mortgages on on. On properties that are over a million, okay. that, yeah, that for- could potentially go to default. Yes. Yeah. So the foreign and uh, the foreign investor one—that's another one. So, so when you sell your primary residence, the capital gains on that is tax-free. So now, what they're doing, um, what the government is trying to do, is that when you sell your primary residence. You will have a new obligation to prove or to report that pay, uh, sale to CRA. So they're trying in, in implementing this. They are trying to prevent foreign buyers who buy and sell homes from claiming a primary residence tax exemption for which they are not entitled. 
Okay. So so that's that's the third new rule that's uh, coming into play. Is this uh, is this CRA component? Yeah, and then the fourth one is is a kind of affecting financial institutions. So, and we and and this one hasn't we haven't really seen how this is going to happen either. I mean, there hasn't been how it's just there's some vagueness to some of this stuff. So, um, they're going to the government is wanting the lenders to take on a little bit of the risk sharing. So instead of um, the government um, backing uh, on the hook for a hundred percent of the cost if there's a default, um, they're wanting um, lenders to share part of that risk, and so we're not really sure how that's going to look. So right now, and when you say government, you're you're meaning the insurer, right? You're meaning federal s- government, the federal government, and which the CMHC. Has, yeah, but then there's the other two Canada privately Guarantee. owned uh, and Genworth and yeah. Genworth. Which are privately owned. Right. So so the insurer, basically, right now, they're taking on 100% of the risk on right. these mortgages. You know, they want the financial institutions to share in a portion of that risk. They don't want to be 100% responsible. Right. So they want them to have some skin in the game and maybe be maybe ensure more responsibility in underwriting? Well... Um, no, we, no. I, I don't. We don't know. I mean, this could this could translate into uh, they have to pay a premium themselves. Um, you know, uh, in in the fallout from this is likely going to be that if they if the lenders have to start taking on some responsibility in this default insurance, then uh, they will likely pass that cost on to um, the consumer, and interest rates will go up. Yeah, there's going to be some cost somewhere, or, or they're just going to be tightening up all the more, so that they're not running into defaults. Well, well, yeah. I mean, even though the government has implement, implemented these rules, individual financial institutions set their own rules within their within their company, right? Right. If they want to have uh, tighter, more stringent rules than the actual insurer has, they're they're welcome to do it because they're responsible for how their their investments uh, perform correct. Um, yes, and so what we have uh, what we have seen already um, is several financial institutions, which are the non-deposit taking institutions, so they only do mortgages. They have issued uh, sent out statements that they are no longer accepting rental ap- applications. Um, like non non owner occupied rental applications mm-hmm. and refinances any new refinances have to to close on or before November fifteenth so if you already have um, an approval either for a purchase or for a refinance you're okay nothing's going to change there you're good if you're you've been thinking about buying something or wanting to refinance. These new rules are going to affect you. They also, these rules are not going to affect um, people when it comes up to renewal time necessarily. <laughs> so when, at the end of your term, you'll get a renewal letter from your from your financial institution and it will offer you options. And so you don't, if you just accept whatever they are offering you, you don't have to requalify for that loan again. You just sign the letter. What's going to happen now, though, is a lot of people like to shop around because oftentimes they're not offered the best renewal. 
All right. So so that's uh, yeah. That's yeah. So then what will happen is you're kind of handcuffed to that existing lender, and you're going to have to accept whether whatever interest rate they're giving you. So Carol Ann, uh, this is the end of our show, and right. well, thank you for uh, shedding some light on them. I, I know as the ru- because the rules are so new and not fully implemented yet that there's some details still uh, to be yeah. brought forward. I, I would encourage people who have pre-approvals that don't have, uh, you know, they've got a pre-approval that they should contact their mortgage broker or financial institution. Also, people who have purchase agreements in on new builds where the closing date is quite long, uh, in you know, f- far away, they should be contacting their financial institution or mortgage broker because we're not sure the effect that will have. All right. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for joining me. Folks, don't forget to join me next week. Next week will be a special show. Not only will it be highlighting two years anniversary of Reality Realty, it'll also will also be part of the Radiothon here at Northumberland 89.7 FM. So join me next week. I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage, and we'll be on next Thursday live from 11 a.m. until 12 noon. For Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, truly local radio. Until next week, folks.